Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle. Now, I know in my past couple episodes that hopefully you've been paying attention. I've been talking about multiple topics. We've been talking about people and opening up schools. We've been talking about finance. We've been talking about trillion dollar companies in the U.S. But in today's episode, I want to stick to one topic and one topic only. And it seems to be the hottest trending topic in the first three weeks of the NFL. And that is what is roughing the passer? Now, for those of you who don't know, roughing the passer, well, I should say roughing the passer. What's going on is that when the defensive player is about to tackle the quarterback and he's within one step, and obviously you can't step your, stop your momentum, he's still going to tackle the quarterback, whether it's a sack or not. But they're calling roughing the passer. Now, for everyone that's grown up, roughing the passer is pretty much like back in the day, you had to pick up the quarterback and body slam him on his neck. But the rules have changed to the point now where guys don't know how to play the game because they don't know what, how to properly interpret the rule. So your boy Greg here on the Man Cave Huddle, you know how we do. We always do our research. So uh, we've got information, operations.nfl.com. Number two, and this is the third sentence under the roughing the passer, okay? When tackling a passer who was in a defenseless posture during or just after throwing a pass, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of his body weight. Now that sounds pretty hard to do because the way I was taught, the way all these players have been taught, You're taught to use your shoulder, place it where the football is or in the quarterback's chest or stomach, wrap your arms around the quarterback, drive your legs, and as he's going down, you just give him a nice little love tap on the way down. But I see one coin, and I'm going to talk to you about two sides of the same coin. Because that one side I want to bring up first is all the diehards and the peers that are saying, what are they doing? They're making this flag football. This isn't what I was used to. I didn't grow up watching football like this. What are they going to say now? How are you supposed to tackle the quarterback if you're in midair and you dive at the quarterback? What are you supposed to do? Is it becoming flag? I mean, you're asking great change out of these players that are in their 20s and probably have been playing since they're seven years old and have been taught one way on how to tackle. And let's say you dive at the quarterback. How are you supposed to gently not land your body weight on him if you're in midair when it's happening? I mean, you're changing the fabric of the sport. By nature, you're asking two grown, well-shaped, muscular men 
to pretty much run into each other and get up and do it again. If you ask if you ask any of these football players, they say the physical feeling that you get after a football game is the equivalent of rolling out of your bed and falling on the floor 65 to 70 times because there's an average of 65 to 70 plays per football game. So could you imagine knowing how much it's going to hurt but rolling out of bed, falling on the floor, getting up, getting back into bed, Ready, set, fall on the floor and act like you love it. And that's what you're asking these guys to do. So how could you sit there and say you want to protect the quarterback because you don't want him to get hurt? By nature, it's a violent sport. It's almost like going to Buffalo Wild Wings, ordering eight habanero wings and get mad because you can't feel your tongue because you burnt your mouth. Hello? But... On the flip side of why they're doing this rule. I think that's what needs to be stressed here. I mean, let's let, let's keep it real. These players see the $200 million deals that these NBA players are getting and figure we want more guaranteed money. We don't want a $80 million deal, $5 million guaranteed, incentives that I can't reach, and out of that 80 million, I'm probably getting 20. 10 million is gonna get taxed. I'm living an extravagant lifestyle. And by the time I'm out of the NFL, I don't have any money. Unfortunately, that happens to a lot of these guys. So they want guaranteed money. Kirk Cousins, three years, $80 million. Khalil Mack, this guy got $80 million as a defensive player. Guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, a hundred million dollars. A hundred M's guaranteed. Now, if I'm the owner of an NFL team, this is a passing league. The the quarterback is usually the leader of the offense, the face of your franchise. I'm investing, now I'm putting all this guaranteed money. And you're telling me that it's a 50-50 proposition that he's going to get hurt or have a season-ending injury after every game? Oh, no. So what are the owners doing? They're businessmen. So what they're saying is, I want to protect my investment. Change the rules. Protect my quarterback as much as you can. When Brady a couple years ago tore, I shouldn't say a couple years ago, I would say over five years ago, he tore his ACL. They changed the rule. They said that defenders aren't allowed to dive at a, at a quarterback's knees anymore. Right? Nobody had a problem with that. Last year, what happened? Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Barr. They got into a situation where Anthony Barr was sacking Aaron Rodgers, picked him up, slammed him, made sure that he put all his body weight on him, broke his clavicle. Out for the rest of the season, pretty much ended the Packers' playoffs hopes. That's why this rule has been put in place. So that doesn't happen again. And what I said in the rule is, the defender cannot land all his body weight on the quarterback. So pretty much it's not saying you can't tackle or hit the quarterback, but you can't hit him and land with all your weight on his body. How do you do that? 
I think that's a major issue because a lot of these guys don't know how to do it. They've only been coached up to do it one way. And now you're asking them to do something that they don't know how to do and haven't seen it done. But your boy, Greg, you know, I'm always doing research here. I'm trying to be as factual as possible here. I saw two. I saw instance in Monday Night Football when you had, um, and you guys, I want you to YouTube it. I'm going to play the play, and I'm going to try my best to do play-by-play here for you. But this was in Monday Night Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what I put into YouTube was Bud Dupree hit on Fitzpatrick. Okay? Third and 14, second quarter, nine minutes to go. Pittsburgh's up 16 to 17. Okay? The Buccaneers have the ball now. Now, I'm going to play the play. I'm not going to have the volume, but I'm going to try and talk you into what's going on now. Now, the ball is snapped. The Steelers come with a five-man rush. Bud Dupree is on the outside, and this is basically a T. This is a T linebacker defensive tackle stunt. He fakes to the outside, goes back inside. The purpose of doing that is the guard and the tackle have to communicate and switch Bud Dupree. Now, the tackle is obviously going to block Bud Dupree coming on the outside, fakes an outside rush, goes back inside. The guard doesn't pick up Dupree in time, so he runs right past Dupree. Free shot at Fitzpatrick, the quarterback of the um, Buccaneers, right? Free shot. Now, what does he do? He goes at the quarterback. Now, what you want to do is go to 18 seconds because it's the replay where you can actually get a better angle. He lowers his head, puts it into the chest of Fitzpatrick, but he grabs him and kind of rolls with him to the ground and tosses him to the ground. It's not one of those you you put your shoulder in his belly and you kind of drive your legs, pick him up, and stuff him down. He kind of had his face mask in his chest, wrapped him up, but it's kind of he rolled and gently threw him to the ground. There was no pass. There was no roughing the passer on that. Now, look, in this game, roughing the passer and some other calls, they were atrocious. I mean, there was one where it was they called passing. The, they called roughing the passer, and it was a terrible call. But in this instance, Bud Dupree on Fitzpatrick, it was not called roughing the passer. And on top of it, Fitzpatrick completed the ball for 20 yards. I don't think it was because of the way that he was tackled. He just, you know, anybody knows Fitzpatrick, he's putting it up there. But my point is, is that I think that's the film that they should cut up, show to all these guys that are in the NFL and say, this is how you do it. Because there's another play where I'm going to talk about where you had Clay Matthews tackling Alex Smith. I want you to go to YouTube, um, put Clay Matthews roughing the passer. They are, this is a situation where third quarter, a minute 52 left in the quarter. Redskins are up 28-17 and it's second and seven. Okay? Now, the ball is snapped. Same play. Clay Matthews tries to do a TE stunt, fakes to the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle. Now, instead of going past the guard, he uses his athleticism and just runs right by the tackle and has a free shot at the linebacker. What does he do? He puts his chest in his shoulder, right? 
Now go to the replay. I want you to go to the replay at 40 seconds. He puts his chest into the um the quarterback of Alex Smith, right? He puts his shoulder in the chest, bear hugs him, drives and lands on the quarterback with all his weight. That and uh, let, let's let's go back to what the rule is. The rule says Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of his weight. Now, look, do I agree with the rule? I don't. I think you're taking away from part of the fabric, part of the soul of football. It's the physical play. I mean, if you take that out, what you're going to make it is rough touch football. Now, look. Let's also keep in mind, with all this CTE stuff, I'm sure the NFL could use some good pub, knowing that they're taking measures to make this sport a little bit safer. And another point that just popped into my head, I'm a, anybody that knows me, I love football, I love every aspect of it, and I love defense. I mean, a 9-6 game, that's exciting for me, but most aren't like me. And let me ask you a question. Would you rather have a 47 to 40 game where both teams are going up and down the field scoring touchdowns that's exciting and it's the team that has the last the ball at the last minute for the last drive and it's a game winning drive or do you want a game where it's 9-6 and it's a defensive battle and neither team can do anything I'm thinking maybe they are making it so much easier for the quarterback to pass because it's going to have more people interested in watching the game because it's like, oh, wow, look at all these great plays, 80-yard touchdown passes, 30-yard touchdown passes. You never know. I mean, it's a risk that they're taking because, like I said, I don't know how the true purist feels, and you're making it feel like it's flag. I mean, in the end, We'll have to get used to it and just deal with it. But I think they should lighten up or maybe have the ability to do what they do and challenge roughing the passer. Where was it the player's intent to put all his body weight on him? Or did, did the way the defender went about wrapping the quarterback and he was unable to to hold his body weight from falling on top of the quarterback. Maybe you could challenge that. I mean, now you have a situation where defenders are getting hurt. You had a case over this past weekend. The Oakland Raiders playing the Miami Dolphins where a defender literally tried to not land on the quarterback and in the process ripped up his knee, tore his ACL, and now he's done for the year. You don't want that happening where it's almost like you feel like you got to pick the quarterback up gently, lay him down on the rose bed, and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tackle you that hard. Hopefully next time we can make this a pleasant experience for both of us. Let me help you up. That's not football, and you know it. But in the times that we're living in now, money talks, and we all know what walks. And if you're going to guarantee this money, to these high-priced players, maybe this is the down the other side of it. This is the yin and the yang to it, you know? It's almost like when you go into the gym and you hate working out, but then you look at your body over the weekend and you're like, ooh, good looking. I think I'm going back next week. So there's always a yin and a yang for everything.
that's just my thoughts on this passing this um roughing the passer. I don't think it's going anywhere and it's gonna change. I think it's something that players are gonna have to get used to and it's gonna be made more and more of an issue until either A, the NFL changes the rule, which I don't think they will. And I think teams and coaches, as well as players, need to trade in that iPhone 5 and get them that iPhone 10XS and make sure that they have the newest software available and install that not roughing the passer penalty. And as all of you know, I like to end my episode, all my episodes with a positive quote. And today's positive quote is, sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Mm, right? Let me say that again. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Thank you once again for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.